there and welcome to Rising. I'm your host, Nista Dubay. In Rising, we discuss connecting to your power, navigating life using your intuition, and making a mark on this world. Join me in today's episodes and our journeys towards fulfillment as we rise together. Hi everyone and welcome back to Rising. Today I'm super excited to have Sarah Potempa, a celebrity hairstylist and CEO of the Beach Waver Co. here today to talk about her career, her transition into really reconnecting with her life purpose, and what a day-to-day looks like for her. So Sarah, I'm so honored for you to be on our podcast today. I've been counting down the days to this recording, so I'm going to leave it over to you to go ahead and introduce yourself. That's amazing. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here because we were, you know, just saying how great it is to share your journey. And I've been on a wild Mm -hmm. journey. (laughs) So it's been 20 years of styling celebrities. So my day to day, um, you know, pre COVID (laughs) was traveling around um, with a different actress, musician, politician, wherever it was and whenever they needed me. So I have been, um, you know, in in one year close to 100 flights uh, and wherever, when Kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I'll get a call that's like, hey, on Tuesday, can you go to Dubai? And I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Amazing. <laughs> so it's definitely been like a really fun journey, but it came out of like the passion that I just really love to style hair. Mm-hmm. So being a hairdresser and collaborating with other artists has always been the foundation for what I do and what I love. So um, I've been very fortunate and like so grateful just to have cool connections with really talented people and get to create art with them and create yeah. Utilize hair as that medium, right? And then about 10 years into styling hair, I had an idea for curling iron. So um, I started a business. <laughs> so that was a very interesting transition. So for the past 10 years, I've been doing both the Beach Waver, my business with my sisters, and continually styling celebrities. So I've kind of been doing both, balancing both um, for the last 10 years. Super fun. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, we first connected through Teachable, the summit they had a couple weeks ago, which was super enlightening. And I remember, you know, in that summit, in that specific event where you were speaking, I was like, wow, um, we kind of were both just chatting about this a few minutes ago. But, you know, someone of your background in industry, um, it, it wasn't so common to have people in like cosmetology or, um, you know, the, the industry that you're working in, in beauty and cosmetics to come on and speak at Teachable. So it was really cool to be able to hear you your experience and your story and specifically something that resonated with me was the point where you mentioned that, you know, you're kind of navigating what, what to do post-college and you were in a career. I know you worked a little bit in sales rep, but then you had this like epiphany of, wait, what have I always enjoyed doing as a t- child? And it was always hairstyling. And you had that moment of reconnecting to your inner child, if you will, that kind of um, you know, I would say paved way into what you do today. So walk us through a little bit of that story. How did that transition from working in sales rep to, you know, evolving into a celebrity hairstylist come about? Um, and then even with starting your own company, what was the process of all of this like for you? Well, this is fascinating because it's actually something I don't talk about that often. Mm -hmm. Uh, I graduated from NYU with a degree in business and creativity. I went to Gallatin and when I was in college, they had these sales reps or these, this, these people came from Belgium actually and interviewed like a hundred NYU students in a room. (laughs) And there was this really long process and um, it was me and this really fun, like very flamboyant, cool guy. And they picked the Mm -hmm. two of us. (laughs) And I was like, 
out of all of the business students, it was like all stern business students in a room with like suits on. And I was like kind of the funky artist. And he was just like really like loud and fun. And I was like, this is strange. <laughs> so of course. the two of us got the job out of all these people. It's called Media Plus. We, um, they flew us to Belgium to get trained. And then they sent us thing. They had a map on the wall and they were like, okay, we're going to send you to like this country or this country or I was like, this mm-hmm. is wild. And I ended up going to Southeast Asia. So they sent me to Singapore and then I went to Cambodia. Oh and then, right. And then my friend ended up going somewhere in Africa. So we like were split up. It was like just really wild. Um, yeah. But it was a cool experience. So it was obviously a very different sales rep type of a job. Um, but we did economic country reporting and I focused on Southeast Asia. So I was doing that for um, about a year and living there. And I loved the culture and the people and I like love to travel. So I was so inspired by all of this. I mean, I met people like the CEO of MTV Asia, interviewed oh him gosh. and I was yeah. everything about the job was so cool. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we were like selling um, ad space and like a insert that was a newspaper that went in a newspaper in, in the US. So it was sort of like at the end of the day, I was like, oh my gosh, I love all of of the travel and the people and all of this, but I just wish I didn't have to sell this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had that moment of like, what could I do where I could still travel the world and I could still be, you know, do what I'm loving with people, but I could be creative and make me really happy. And that was the moment I was in Southeast Asia thinking about that because I just enjoyed this life. And I was like, I honestly want to go back to beauty school. I like just mm-hmm. feel like I could have the same connection with people. I want to be in New York City and do fashion shows. And I thought that would expose me to like different cultures and people and allow me to travel. So it really was that moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to leave this job. I'm going to go back to Chicago and like live with my sister and, you know, have no money. I remember I like bought a little puppy. <laughs> I was like, oh. I don't know. it was like a weird time. And I went to school, like, despite so many people being yeah. like, you're crazy. Why would you leave that? Like, you graduated sure. from NYU. Why would you go back and go to beauty school? But I had previously worked in hair salons and I had, you know, swept floors. I had shampooed. Like, I was, I was really, like, I loved the industry. And as a child, as a teenager, I was the one, like, on the bus braiding everybody's hair. Like, I, <laughs> I just loved hair. And so I just had this gut feeling that like, if I go back to beauty school and I get this skill and I have my license, I bet I could travel the world and have more fun. (laughs) So that's what I did. I love that. That's amazing. And then how did that transition into specifically working with celebrities? Like how, how did that, how did that clientele specifically come about? Well, it's interesting because that's not exactly what I sought after. I wasn't trying to be a celebrity sure. <laughs> hairdresser. I actually wanted to be an artist who was like on stage creating hair as a medium. And so when I went back to New York after I graduated beauty school, I worked um, at the same hair salon, Privé, with Laurent, who was French and really, and the whole salon was super international. There was hairdressers from Israel from Vietnam like we had just a mix of really cool people and I like I was so inspired by all of them and I started to do some fashion shows and I knew I wanted to not uh, to be freelance like I knew I wanted to be like free and not in a hair salon and I had a friend Mm -hmm. from college who was dating a girl who was uh um she was a producer for celebrity photographers Mm -hmm 
want to do this so bad. Like you should just have dinner with her and maybe she could help you. So I went, had dinner with her and she was like, you need a portfolio. You need an agent. And I was like, what? I was like, they have agents (laughs) for hairdressers. I was so, I mean, and sometimes it's like meeting people like that. Like, you know, and that's like something that you should do in your life. They're always like, if someone gives you an opportunity, like always say yes. Like take that moment to listen to someone's advice. Because if I had never gone to dinner with her that night, and I didn't really know her, you know, it was kind of one of those things that she's dating this guy I know, but if I hadn't gone to dinner, I would not be where I was today. Like she, Tolly, Tolly yeah. McGall is her name. And I, she was just so open and so willing to help me. And I was like, gosh, she is like telling me all the secrets. <laughs> and I was like, this yeah. is amazing. So she said, you've got to meet. I'm going to set up the meeting. You can meet my friend, Allie. She's an agent. So I think initially I was like, whoa, this is crazy. So I, when I met with Allie, who was the agent, And when I met with Allie, she was also from the Midwest. I'm from Illinois. She was from Minnesota. And I connected with her. And all I kept telling her was how much I loved hairdressing. I was like, I'm so passionate. I just love to braid. I love to sell hair. And I had no clue who anybody was. I was like, I don't know these famous hairdressers, these famous photographers. I just was like, I don't know who they are. (laughs) And she was like, listen, I've got a job this weekend. I want you to try it are you available tomorrow to assist? It was like, I was like, Oh, oh weird. Okay, sure. <laughs> so then I went, I was like, I had no clue what I was doing. I went and it was Bob Racine. Um, and it was this famous American photographer, famous supermodel, but I like literally had never heard of any of them. And I knew yeah. the magazine, it was W magazine. And I was like, Oh my God, I heard of this fashion magazine. <laughs> and I was just so fixated on this guy, Bob. Cause I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. You're a hairdresser. <laughs> Meanwhile, I didn't know until later that he was like a painter with Andy Warhol. He's like oh a, <laughs> like one of the most successful hairdressers in the world. He was like published yeah. books. Like I just didn't know. And I was, but I, he then went back and he was like, this girl like loves hair. It's so weird, but whatever. <laughs> he was like, can she work with me this weekend on the Donna Karen campaign? And I no was like, cool. <laughs> so I kept quitting, like telling the salon, sorry, I got to go. I got to do these jobs. And, um, I, started, you know, working with him and getting to know him. And I was like, he was just so cool. He was like in a band in the eighties and lived in the East village. And I just like was so fascinated, mm-hmm. but I was so focused on everything that he did. I just wanted to hold the bobby pin, stand next to him. Like I was just focused on my craft and what I wanted to do. And sure. that kind of allowed me this opportunity to really like dive deep into his world. And, you know, I was actually talking to someone the other day about relationships. And I had a moment where I was like, should I quit the hair salon and go all freelance? And I think this is also Mm -hmm. big for people who might be listening, who might think like, should I take a risk or should I stay with the safe option? And I was just starting to date my husband at the time, like only been a couple of weeks. He knew how excited I was about freelance and like I was doing this, but I was in the hair salon and I had asked him, I was like, I don't know what to do. Should I quit the salon? Cause this agent keeps asking me to assist. And he was like a hundred percent go for your dreams. Just quit. And I was like, really, really? Yeah. Should I? And I mean, to the, we've been married now for 11 years. So it's like interesting because that was a moment where I was like, wow, like relationships, when people believe in you, it helps you kind of like catapult mm-hmm. to the next level. So I Love did, that. I started, I quit and I started doing every single freelance job I could. And like two and a half years later, I had done, you know, been working with Bob exclusively, got to travel, got to do um, work with a couple other famous hairdressers, like Gwen Stefani's hairdresser, Danilo. I went to Austria with him and did all this cool stuff. And Bob and Danilo both called Allie and said, she loves, she's so passionate about hair. 
about what she's doing and you should sign yeah. her. You should rep her. And it was the, I was wow. on backstage um, project runway assisting someone else. And I got the phone call where they were like, we want to represent you. And I was like 23. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and yeah. it was Allie's idea to, so this is long, long story, but um, it was Allie's idea it. to make me a celebrity hairdresser. Allie was mm-hmm. like, you are, you know, you went to NYU, you graduated from college, you're, you know, you could work with brands, you can work with celebrities, you have had all the training in fashion, and that celebrities will respect that training, you, you know, so it was like a really, really interesting move. And I was kind of like, at first, I was like, um, no, thanks. <laughs> I was like, I, I want to yeah. just do art like Bob does, you know. And she was like, Mm -hmm. I just am telling you it's your future. Like we just, that's what we want you to do. And so that's how it happened. And, and I, you know, it was kind of at first I was not happy about it in an odd way, but, and this is pre-social media. I just want to put it out there. So like Mm pre-Instagram. So I, yeah, now might be different, right? Cause everyone's sort of like, Oh, that's a great marketing opportunity. That's cool. Like I could connect with people to have a following. For me at the time, I was like, well, I don't want to do the same thing every day. I want to be super creative. But what I was able to find with celebrities is that I was, it turned into like the most beautiful career because I was able to bring all of my creative ideas and braiding and red carpet and updos and just hairdressing as an art. And I was able to bring it to the red carpet. So for me, it was actually like the perfect mix. Sure. That's incredible. That's honestly an insane story. And I'm almost pulling like this constant theme of the butterfly effect, like you going to dinner, um, you know, with, with your close guy friend's girlfriend and then having that conversation and then being like, okay, let's just, let's see what it's about the next day going backstage and just making these connections and then all the way up to the phone call. And I feel like you had this inner gut feeling where you were like, you know, this seems right, but then your fear-based thinking was kicking in. You're like, should I? But like, what would happen. And then you kind of went with it. And um, I think things always end up working out for people who, you know, I don't, I don't like using the, the term leap of faith in a corny way, but you did kind of push out of your comfort zone and you did put yourself out there. And I think it always does pay off like it is for you now where you're able to confidently be like, yeah, everything I wanted in a career has now coalesced into what I do today on a day-to-day basis, which is awesome. So Walk us through that story of working with your first ever celebrity client. You know, I know you touched a little bit on your experience working with celebrities and kind of your mindset going into it um, in the summit. But for listeners tuning in right now, how did that feel? What was coming up for you, maybe emotionally or mentally when you were in that first session with your client? Well, it's interesting because my very, very first two clients were guys. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, and it was actually Tolly's photographer had this you know they were doing like it was one of those magazines like entertainment tonight or something where it was like featuring and so it was a I worked with Jeremy Piven and Ryan Reynolds like on two different photo shoots wow and so working with God no and, and flash forward you know five years later I had worked with every male actor you could possibly imagine because as a <laughs> hairdresser the publicists of celebrities were a little bit like, well, do we trust her? We don't know how she does hair. Why don't we throw her with one of the guys and see how she does? <laughs> so it was actually pretty interesting because that's how I made my relationships with a lot of the publicists. And guys gotcha. are, um, 
surprisingly very, very particular about their hair. <laughs> so any guys yes. that are listening, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, my son who's 10 is like my most difficult client. He's like, no, this piece right so here funny. needs to be cut. No, this piece. See, this has to fall this way. <laughs> and I'm like, I know exactly how to deal with it because I had all this experience <laughs> with all these A-list male celebrities. Um, but what was interesting about that is I had to, like, I learned a lot, right? But I would say my very first celebrity client that was a real experience for me was Cindy Lauper. So Cindy, um, and I'll, I'll tell you kind of the best photo shoot I did with Cindy because I think it was really interesting. And this is where I knew I could bring my fashion background and my interest and love of like the art of hairdressing into a celebrity. It was a cover of a magazine and they said, we have this, um, whole set and we're going to make her look like a Greek goddess. So we're going to put her on a pedestal and we're going to have like this beautiful set design. And so, you know, go for it. Make the hair and makeup match the scene is essentially kind of what happens, right? You talk to the creative director, you talk to the clothing stylist, they show you what jewelry they're going to wear. And then you collaborate on like, okay, what would be the the right hairstyle for this look? So um, it was actually pretty interesting because she had pretty short hair and I was like, oh man, like a Greek goddess, like she needs like really beautiful curls and all of this movement in her hair. And it needs to be like swept up in a flower crown of like gold. And, you know, so yeah. I had like this vision of like, oh my gosh, well, how am I going to do that? She has like short hair <laughs> and like nothing. And so for me, this was a really big moment of like, I was like, well, I'm just going to commit to telling her what this is my vision. And this is what I think. And I, from working with all of these incredibly talented artists, I obviously knew how important extensions and wigs and pieces and having a kit filled with the right stuff. Because if I were to have shown up, you know, two years, three years before having been from the hair salon, I would have had like, you know, my couple brushes, some hairspray and like a curling iron, but like that won't cut it if mm-hmm. you're creating something. Right. So having all that experience sure. is really helpful. So I went into it and I fully transformed her and I told them my vision and I was like, I have this idea. And everybody was like, this is amazing. And it just like totally changed the image. So I was able to use pieces yeah. and extensions and various sizes, like, you know, curls to create the look and, you know, put pieces in her hair of like flowers and gold. So we were able to like visualize that concept and then make it come to life. And I think that's yeah. why I was like, oh, you know, maybe this isn't too bad. And and I'm like a pretty like even ki- I love people too and I love collaborating. So I was like, I feel like I could handle these personalities and it might be interesting, <laughs> you know, because she definitely yeah. has a very strong personality. So it was interesting. It seems like you almost had a pivotal moment right there where you were like, you know what, I can be in this industry. I can work with this clientele. And more than just, I feel like what you were doing typically um, on a day-to-day basis in the salon, when you were kind of delivering what clients wanted you to, you were really taking ideas and bringing them to life and making a creation of your vision more so, which is super cool. Um, I know in our Teachable Summit, you touched a little bit on, um, you know, a feeling of feeling intimidated and experiencing imposter syndrome when being around people of, you know, such a high level of recognition. So I wanted to ask, how did you reframe your mindset in order to feel more at ease and more comfortable around these celebrities, around these people who have such a level of recognition. Yeah, it's interesting because I was sort of thrown into a lot of different jobs and a lot of different types of people. So I did a whole series for Vanity Fair with politicians. So I feel like Mm -hmm. that was an interesting take because I was like, oh, wow, I'm being like, 
from my world and the beauty world being thrown into their world, you know, similar to like performers before they went on stage for a big concert, I was thrown into their world, you know? So what I realized was like, even though, yes, they're A-list celebrities, they're like the most famous person in the world right now, or they have the most followers on Instagram right now, you know, it's like, there's so many things that I was thrown into as a freelancer I wasn't with them every day. I would only see them once in a while that I realized that my power was my skill. Mm-hmm. So coming into this situation, I was like, well, even though it is an actress who might look beautiful on every red carpet and look great in every movie or whatever, it's like, they're not a hairdresser and this politician, mm-hmm. they're also not a hairdresser. So they have their skill and their power and they have their vision, but I'm here to, add to the team. I'm here with a skill to make them feel more confident and to take their vision and make it a reality for them. And I think that's what's so great about the beauty industry is that it's, it's a collaboration, but it's like so much more, you know, it's, yes, I'm here to, you know, curl your hair and, and make it look really great on camera, but it's also part of like, what I loved about it was I was like, wow, this is really interesting because if I step back and I just listen to them I can be there. And you almost like learn that in beauty school in a weird way. You're like, don't, don't talk about politics. Don't talk about the news. Don't talk about mm-hmm. things like that. And so I was like, <laughs> it was an interesting concept. Cause I was like, oh, okay, coming into this space with, I have a skill. So if I have nothing to offer in a conversation or in anything at the time, I step back, I listen to what they're about to do. And I realize they're about to go on stage in front of a hundred thousand people. They're about to go on TV in front of millions of people. They're about to do some like a, you know, vocal performance that they need to warm up for Mm -hmm. every single scenario I was in, the person I was with was about to do something really scary, (laughs) you know? And like, what I realized was like, wow, they're like, their mindset at that moment is very strong and they're looking for support and they're looking for someone to listen to them. And then they're also looking for somebody to give them the confidence they need. And even though it's expressed through their hair or their makeup, right? There's a team as I was me and a makeup artist. There's something about that, like support that you offer that allows you to kind of be at the same level as they are. You know, and I think when I realized that, that I had a skill to bring to the table and that I was there for a reason, it was kind of an exciting and like eye-opening thing where I could create really, really strong relationships with people from supporting them and listening to them and like being there for them in that moment. So that when another job opportunity came where maybe it wasn't as big of a performance or as big of a show, maybe it's a photo shoot where they're just getting their picture taken and they just need to Mm -hmm. like smile and look pretty those are the moments where I could really connect with them on a more like verbal level and become, have a great conversation and get to know them better. So it was kind of like a balance of like understanding the situation you're in and understanding the relationship you want to create. Because if you, you know, and it, it all really does come from like support and listening and trying to be there for them as, as a friend in the moment, you know? So I think that's a good lesson for anybody when you're trying to, work with a, a boss or somebody new, or you want to, you have a client, you have somebody, it's like, it's important to get to know them and then also read the scenario you're in and respond appropriately to what, what they're about to do. Like think about their day and the life of what they're doing. And that can help you really understand the situation. Yeah. Perspective is everything. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool how you were able to be like, yeah, I'm almost like, you know, there to more than just providing them with like, all right, I'm, I'm glamming you up. I'm giving you this like 
perfect hairstyle and taking pictures of you, whatever, you were able to just be there emotionally for support, kind of give them that pep talk or, you know, if it's not even a pep talk, just a conversation about their day and allow them to kind of allow their mind to ease because more than, you know, it's interesting because I, I phrase a question in a way where it's like, how did you feel at ease? But it's almost like you're helping them do that. Yeah. Um, and, and really providing that, that support and almost like being their cheerleader in a way. Um, you know, while just making them feel more confident about themselves. So I think it takes a lot of mental and emotional, um, you know, stability and energy to be able to do that as well, beyond just coming in with your skill set, which is really cool. And I think that also says a lot about you as a person. And it's really cool that also you enjoy working with people, because I think it just ties in super well to what you're doing. Um, But in terms of, you know, listeners tuning in right now who are maybe looking to pursue a career in the beauty or the cosmetic industry, Um, you know, particularly with the clientele similar to yours from the pop culture industry, do you have any advice for people, um, you know, in regards to developing a strong mindset or just networking or certifications? I know your story, I I absolutely love it because it was very serendipitous in the sense that everything kind of fell into place. Um, But do you have any little tidbits of advice you want to give listeners who are looking to do um, something similar to you? Or even if not, I really liked the idea of you, you know, going back to your gut feeling, connecting back to your inner child when finding your life purpose. So a little bit of advice or suggestions, um, you know, or uh, any words that you want to give to listeners tuning in who are trying to really discover what, what that career might be for them, be it in the beauty industry or even outside. So the beauty industry is very inclusive and supportive and I would highly recommend going after your career in the beauty industry. So if you've ever thought about being a makeup artist or you love, you know, creating looks at Halloween or you enjoy styling your friend's hair, or even as a kid, you like to braid people's hair. The beauty industry is just a place that you can truly express the way you're feeling. You choose every day how you show up, how you style your hair, how you, you know, what lip color you wear, right? There's so much that you can express about yourself. And I think, um, you know, for me, I'm a mom of two. I have bright pink hair (laughs) and I love it because it like reminds me of being a kid when I would play around with hair colors and maybe then it was not acceptable. (laughs) The cool thing is like the beauty industry is just so accepting and you can explore those creative options. And, And I think the industry, initially people told me like, oh, you know, you'll never make it. It's so hard, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was kind of put off by that. But then when I started to join different photo shoots and create collaborations, I was like, this is a great industry. People are so creative and so open. So if you feel like you're somebody that has a vision and you have ideas that you want to express through beauty, I love the industry. So if you are looking to create a career in the beauty industry, let's say hair and makeup specifically, and you want to be freelance, I think there's a couple approaches. And it's very different from when I started because now you have social media platforms that you can create content that can get noticed very quickly. Mm-hmm. TikTok is a great place. Instagram <laughs> is a great place. It's, it's true. TikTok yeah. within 48 hours will determine if your video should go viral based on like totally. the engagement, right? So like Highly batch for TikTok. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really fun. I mean, I've literally for the Beach Waver account, we've only posted like 20 videos and like one of them has 2 million views. <laughs> I was like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> so like that happens. it's crazy. And it's really fun because there's all these platforms that you can express your creativity. So What I would say, if you want to go the route of 
maybe you don't live in New York City or LA yet, and you're not in a, a major market where you can connect with agents and celebrities and you know get jobs, I'll first address, let's say you're in a small town or you don't have a lot of access, but you have access to the internet, right? You can create a portfolio. And my advice for you would be to create an account that's specifically targeting just your work. Don't mix your work too much with your personal. It's a little different, I would say, for somebody like me, because I have been in this industry for so long that I sometimes will mix a little like a beauty expert stuff and personal stuff with product recommendations. But if you're trying to get noticed, what I've seen very successful artists do is have a separate page dedicated to consistent content in the medium you want to share show people what your art is use it as your portfolio years ago had a, a big book that was my portfolio that got mailed to clients and the clients looked at my portfolio and then they mailed it back to my agent so that's how I did it for the first 10 years um, it was a sad day when my agent, only a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, they sent back my portfolios. I was like, oh my, they were like, we don't need them anymore. People are looking at your, you know, at, at the wall group is my agency. They were looking at my portfolio online and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is crazy. Like times are changing. Um, but yeah. so you have an opportunity at home to enter this industry by being creative, by creating consistent content and people will notice, right? So that is one way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, brand collaborations are really important, too, because there's a lot of brands. I own a brand, the Beach Waver. So we look for people that create consistent content that's really beautiful, that understand lighting and understand. So as a makeup artist or hairdresser today, you also need to understand some of the other elements, understand lighting, um, understand how to, you know, shoot on a camera, how to edit a little bit. Like there's so many apps that can help you. But I think that's the difference between really great content that'll get you noticed and content that might, you know, just go swept under the rug. No one sees it. So I think you yeah. got to learn the other elements of photography to help your beauty career. So that's one thing. The second thing is if you're interested in getting an agent and you live in London, New York, LA, like Tokyo, you live in places where you might have that industry is like there, there's offices that have agents that represent hair and makeup artists. This is how I got into it initially, right? Is that once I started working with the wall group, um, I realized there were lots of other agents that might hire assistants. So for a fashion week, for example, you want to get on the assistant list at multiple agencies. And because you're a freelancer and if you're not signed or represented by anybody, it's a really great time to just like explore and experience and assist people. So that applies to clothing stylists, manicurists, makeup artists, hairdressers, set designers, there's so many photo shoots that are produced that need assistance. So I think being mm-hmm. on an assistant list is a really great way to meet agents and get your foot in the door to get those real relationships and real connections that could turn into like a career that you're represented yeah. for. So, um, yeah, the beauty industry is, I love it. I've loved every photo shoot <laughs> I've ever been on. I've like, I just am obsessed. That's why even after like starting the beach waiver, I mean, up until March, because this year has been a year, I've literally been on like close to 100 flights a year because every time someone asks me to go on a photo shoot or a, a, you know, a concert in like Quebec or Dubai, I was talking about earlier, it's like, I'm like, how can I say no? <laughs> this is yeah. so much fun. I love it. So amazing. you'll just find that once you get into this industry that just like you're, you're going to meet really cool people that want to collaborate and want to create art. And it's, it's really a beautiful industry. So that definitely for sure is something I would advise. And then if you are not interested in the beauty industry, I think some of my favorite quotes ever, um, the one that I always reference is leap and the net will appear. 
Mm-hmm. I love that because whatever you yeah. have like that feeling and like we were talking about like whatever you truly enjoyed, like if you just like really like drinking yes. coffee, it's like, just go, just go make coffee or make a coffee blog yes. or make a coffee Instagram or whatever. Totally. You know, like if you just truly enjoy like kayaking or whatever you enjoy in your life, like you should just make that your career. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's my favorite thing because even if you've never done it before and you never, you know, you don't really know how it's going to go. It's like when you leap, and the, the net will appear like it's, it's so true. Like you just take a little step and like maybe a little net will catch you and figure out what you should do. And I mean, you'll just Always. find that, you know, it's very helpful to have that mindset of like, you just kind of go for it and like something's going to happen. Um, of course. And then my other favorite quote ever is one of my sister says a lot, who's my business partner. She really likes well, two things. I'll tell you one. That's a little, um, the one she says a lot is, um, do something today that your future self will thank you for. Mm-hmm. And we've always liked that one because we are such hard workers. Like we are like, yeah, you know, our dad was a football player in Notre Dame growing up and like having like a sports background and playing on a team. It was just like, you just never give up, you know, even like, yeah. it's just that mentality of like work, 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 because even though you're doing something today, your future self is going to thank you for, it might take 10 years, which is very hard mm-hmm. to think about, but like the little, little steps. And then 10 years later, you're like, Oh wow, I did all that in the last 10 years. Totally. So it's, it takes a while. And then the other thing, I don't share this one that often, but I kind of feel like it's been very <laughs> relevant lately is that she also says that <laughs> revenue solves everything. Mm-hmm. And it's a you know a weird thing to think about because like yes you do things for free all the time right but like if you also yeah. think about sales and strategies which is something new that even after twenty years of doing what I've been doing um, my agent always handles that for me as a hairdresser but as a business owner I do have to say that like financial like understanding finances understanding you know how you're going to profit understanding like how you buy and sell if you're in the product industry is very important because like you know, we're a self-funded business, so we do not have Mm -hmm. investors. So understanding how to utilize your money in the right way. And even if it is like in the beginning of us creating the beach waiver, it was stuff like I had to drive the truck from JFK to QVC Mm -hmm. because we didn't have enough money to, you know, to have someone do it. I mean, the people we were working for were like, just rent, have a company do it. And we were like, for like five grand, no way. (laughs) Like I will go get a truck. And I remember telling Erin, we're going to get a U-Haul. She was like, we can't afford U-Haul. And I was like, okay. So we, we like get a, the cheapest truck we could find and pack those beach waivers up to drive them to the, you know, so it's like, yeah. you, you know, understand when and where to spend your money and you can do stuff for, you know, a very affordable price. So if you are looking at like building a business, you know, find ways to do it at first where you could potentially save and make revenue and not spend too much of it. Totally. Yeah. I, I, there's so many takeaways from everything you just said. First of all, thank you for the solid I- advice in, in regards to those looking to pursue a career in the beauty industry. I think you dropped a lot of gems there and a lot of really solid like how to's and where to begin, um, which is awesome. And then transitioning into, uh, you know, the, the points that you made and the quotes that you shared around, you know, taking the leap. I always say the universe meets you halfway. And I always tell people like when you put in your you know, you're under the stick in, in regards to you put in your legwork and you take a chance without really knowing what's going to happen. The universe always meets you halfway. It always gives you a little bit and just enough to keep going further and further. So I, I love that that example that you gave and like the metaphor that you used was that net, the net will always catch you. I don't think I've ever seen someone putting themselves out there and not having the net catch them. And 
not to say that people don't put themselves out there and you know never fail that's that's not the thing but it's more of like the failure you have to understand that when you know you experience failure when you experience rejection it's simply redirection and oftentimes that failure can allow people to just kind of entirely stop or go back to square one or halt their process of moving forward or even tamper the vision that they have and, you know, really make them second guess, well, is this industry actually meant for me? Um, you know, but I, I love that metaphor that you gave in terms of like, even if it's little steps, there's little nets that will always be there and you have to be willing to see that big picture, um, be willing to see your future self, even that if that means your future self is a decade down the line and not just like a week down the line. That's something that I've been, you know, reminding myself of well in the low days. Um, and then in regards to the last piece about just budgeting, that is something that I had to money mindset. I think I've had to shift drastically ever since I started coaching and, and created my own, um, you know, online business, because I would always see sales and marketing as a very, um, almost shallow thing. And then I had to reframe my money mindset to actually be like, wait, sales is just serving like sale, like the Latin word actually means to serve, um, which is so interesting. And I was like, wow, I never knew that. And then on top of that, I love how resourceful you were because I have so many people coming up to me who want to start a business, but will have every reason to not and we'll be like, well, I don't have, you know, necessarily the finances for so-and-so at the moment. Or I don't know if I can start a podcast without a nice microphone or a YouTube channel without a nice camera or make TikToks without a ring light. I get questions like that all the time. So, if, you know, if you're listeners tuning in right now, please take Sarah's example in her story and, you know, really ponder on how you can be resourceful. Like the fact that you were driving a truck and by yourself and you were you know, taking care of inventory and making things work on your own accord, um, you know, is, is, is very admirable. And I think a lot of people will continue to kind of, um, you know, cr create those excuses and, and put those walls up and close those doors before even exploring how to open them. So for people tuning in, there's always a way you can start a podcast without having a microphone, you can start that YouTube channel without having a nice camera, you can totally make videos on your iPhone, or even if you don't have an iPhone, whatever phone you have, there is always a way to begin, especially, I think, to Sarah's point with the fact that with technology nowadays, everything is online. You can put out material for free, guys. Like, you can put out Instagram posts. You can put out LinkedIn posts. You can put out videos on TikTok and YouTube for free entirely. And I, I think that you know, in terms of finances and investing and maybe not having um, ideally the budget that you think you need to start your business, that does not have to be an immediate no. That just has to be reasons for you to find smaller ways to make things happen. So Sarah, thank you so much for shedding us with all those insights with that solid advice. I really think that that um, is a lot of very solid substance for our listeners to sit on and really, you know, kind of contemplate, regardless of whether they're looking to pursue a career in the beauty industry or out of it, really allows them to ponder on, you know, what those next steps would be for their career. So in terms of your career, Sarah, I know a lot of exciting things have happened across, you know, the past couple, you know, 10, 20 years for you. But is there anything that's coming up in the near future, any new exciting projects, um, you know, collaborations that you want to maybe give us a sneak peek on? Yes. Um, 
there's a lot of exciting things. And I think retail has been shifting a lot to um, really understand who your customer is. So if you are in the business of um, selling a product or selling um, you know, a physical product or a service, it's interesting because I feel like people are truly valuing like who is behind the company. And we've made a massive shift because um, we are sold in over 5,000 stores in 13 countries. And we built up a very large retail business. And I will, I've done over 350 yeah. live shows at QVC with sometimes 20 million viewers. <laughs> um, I've done some very like large audience things. But I think what's super exciting and what I love and I'm like, I just feel like the future is all about like true connection. And I would rather talk to, you know, one person and teach them how to do their hair and feel like satisfied in the fact that like they feel confident, they feel beautiful and they know who we are. They know we're three sisters, that we're female founded, we're self-funded. Like we put so much energy and love into creating our product. And sometimes when you have such mm -hmm. a large audience you don't know who they are and they don't really know who you are, you know? And like they, yeah. so it's really interesting because we do get a lot of, you know, people who just assume we're something, you know, like I've had people say to me like, well, who really owns the beach waiver, you know? And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. what do you mean? Like I yeah. own it, <laughs> me and my sister, yeah. we started it, we pay for it. We pay everyone's salary. We, we do it. And I think there's something to be yeah. said for like super authentic connections right now. So um, what we have done for the first time ever is create exclusive limited edition irons just for our audience. And we had our first one mm -hmm. come out last month. It's so really exciting. exciting and really fun. And we were like, we want to try this. So we made like a pink and purple ombre iron and um, oh, we sold so out pretty. of it uh, before the launch day. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And it was what? so exciting because the people who bought it were in our network. Like they were our friends. They were like people totally. that cared that they were excited for us that yeah. we have launched it, you know? And like we are building these really great communities. I have over a hundred college students in my campus wave program. And like last night I was on one of USC, their college social media club. I like joined their meeting last night. And I was like, this is so much fun. So fun. Because I was like, I feel yeah. like I'm getting to know these college students really well. And I know where they go to school and I know what they're doing. And like, I just feel like there's something so authentic about that, that I love because when I started the beach waiver, I literally started it because I wanted people everywhere to feel like a celebrity because I get the experience of like being yeah. with these high profile celebrities and I experience how good they feel when they like get their hair and makeup done and they get styled and, and I see that. And I know that if I can translate that to just like one person in their bathroom getting ready and like, that's why we do what we do. Like, that's why I started the beach waiver. And that's why yeah. my sisters and I continue it because we get stories that are meaningful. You know, I mean, our very first customer ever, um, was a kindergarten teacher named Christina and she emailed us and we were like, Oh weird. Someone, a customer emailed us. <laughs> I was like, who is this? And um, she was like, I never write to brands. I'm a kindergarten teacher. I just like had to write to you guys because I have never in my life been able to curl my hair. And we were like, Oh, okay. And she was like, because I was born with one arm and your product. Mm. And I was like, it still makes me super emotional because she was like, your yeah. product changed my life. Like I, and she was like, I know it's yeah. small, I know it's whatever, but she was like, I just want to tell you guys, like, I couldn't do it. And now I'm like super confident and I feel so beautiful. And I was like, yeah. wow. So I think that mm -hmm. is what we've been like searching for and wanting to connect. And so, you know, it's just a shift in the world right now. And like, that's important. Like it's important to, 
you know, be available to people and connect and like understand why are you doing what you're doing? You know what I mean? Because it's not mm-hmm. just about, you know, being on national television and like, you know, selling Mm-mm. thousands and thousands yeah. of irons in 10 minutes, which because you're I'm like, are they even going to like it? They're going to and a lot yeah. of them return it because they don't even know what it is. Like, so it's like an interesting balance and for me I'm like having Christina use it every day and Christina joined our we have an ambassador program too where we have like about 500 bloggers that are in this network called Beach River Babes and Christina joined Beach River Babes like eight months ago and I was like oh my god our first customer is now one of our ambassadors and like we've always kept in touch with her we had her come in and film a tutorial yeah she was so amazing and so inspiring and we always just connected we never really like, cause even the today show was like, we should share the story. And we were like, no, 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 it's just, she's a great customer and she loves it. And that's all we could ask for, you know? So it was cool. Cause yeah. I'm like, it comes full circle and like having real relationships and real connections. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what I've been super focused on is like our campus wave program, our beach river babes, just really creating a network, you know, and even within beach river babes, like my friend Ron Beer, who I've become really close with, he was at our launch party, became a member he launched his own makeup and I like, it makes me so happy to see the other members supporting him and they're buying his makeup. And, yeah. and I'm like, Oh my God, this is like what we've built this for is like real community and real connection. Exactly. And, um, yeah. So yes. we're, we're launching a couple more of those exclusive ones. We have like a really, really fun um, so holiday exciting. one coming up. Yeah. So that one's coming and, and we're partnering with a makeup brand really? on that one. So that's, yeah, so new new things, but Super really like fun. designing and building things for our community. Yeah, I love that. I so just to start from the fact that your entire like inventory of new curling irons, or at least how many you were planning to sell in the launch, were already sold out before you launch. I think is very telling. So again, for listeners tuning in now, guys, I cannot emphasize the importance of true meaningful connections of making sales coming from a place of passion, coming from a place of wanting to serve and wanting to make an impact and hearing that story of, you know, the, the customer who reached out to you, who had, you know, who has one arm and she was like, wow, this really changed my life. It is stories like that. And it is impacts like that, that is allowing you to create your legacy today. And, you know, it can be very easy to get caught up in the numbers, to get caught up in the, oh, I was a Forbes featured so-and-so, which is awesome. But at the end of the day, who are you serving? There are people on Instagram with millions of followers who aren't able to make sales because people can't connect to them. And then likewise, there are people on Instagram who literally have like a few thousand or maybe even under who are making incredible sales and have such a tight-knit community because they're caring to actually talk to people, they're caring to, um, you know, make, make an impact, and they have the right intentions. So, um, you know, something I always talk about on my platform is like, what kind of energy are you coming into your business with? Like, what are your intentions? And, um, you know, you know, what's your vision? And at the end of the day, are your goals more self-centered? Are they a little bit more selfish? Are they a little bit more showy, which is very natural to fall into that when you first get into business or you first get your, you know, new, exciting little feature or your collaboration. It gets very easy to fall into that. So there's nothing wrong with it. But long term, are you going to be internally fulfilled? And I think that internal fulfillment, and I can hear it in your voice, it comes from those connections. It comes from those friendships. It comes from people, you know, like Renbeer who are now at your launch party and who are releasing their own makeup brands. And you see everyone else in your community cheering him on. And it's, it's those things that really create that, I think, long-term happiness that a lot of people can often overlook. So 
That is incredible, Sarah. Um, where can people go ahead and find you or contact you if they're interested in getting in touch? Well, my Instagram is at Sarah Potempa and uh, at the Beach Waver is the Beach Waver's account and beachwaver.com is our website. And if you're interested in looking at my hairstyling career, uh, my agency is uh, The Wall Group. And I also have a website that is just about my hairstyling and an Instagram about that, which is sarahpotempahair.com. And also Instagram is Sarah Potempa hair. Awesome. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. I'm going to put all that into the description as well, just so people can go ahead and um, find you where, where, where they most need to. But Sarah, this was incredible. I really enjoyed this conversation. I enjoyed your story from start to finish. And um, I can't help but like ponder on that takeaway that you, you gave us with like, just you following your gut and connecting to your purpose and not really taking no for an answer, even though you had people be like, yo, this yeah. might not work out. Or, you know, you really think you can just go back to beauty school after graduating from NYU and you're like, <laughs> yeah, I can. And you did it. And you, you know, you've created this legacy and empire that goes beyond just numbers, but it's actual true authentic connections, which um, is incredible. So I'm feeling very inspired right now. I really want to honestly leave this conversation and, and have a great Yay. start to my day afterwards, <laughs> which I'm so excited to, to be able to do that. And I'm hoping listeners are feeling that same, you know, sense of the sense of motivation and um, amped up to be able to take some of this advice that Sarah showered upon us and really start to create something new. So Sarah, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for joining us on rising. It was honestly an honor to have you. Um, I'm really excited to stay connected with you in the future moving forward. And for everyone tuning in, please go look at Sarah's work. Again, she dropped her Instagram. I'm going to put that all in the comments below. Please check out the wall group. Check out the Beach Waver Co. on Instagram, on TikTok, on their website. And I will see everyone here next time on our next episode here at Rising.